Okay, good morning everyone. Bruchem Avayim. Afreilichen. Tu Vishvat. Tu Vishvat Sameach. Thank you everybody for uh, joining this morning. We have a very special uh, shir. I'm just going to pull up the uh, Mara Mekoymois here. You know, uh, this morning, uh, today's t- uh, as it's Tu Vishvat, so try to eat some fruits. And we know there's an idea that uh, on Tu Vishvat, it's a simon of, uh, it's the day that it rises in the mind of Hashem to redeem Klal Yisrael. So we're looking for simon that the Yuban Shem should start uh, the process of Geula for us. So I come home and I look out my back window. Last night apparently it was very windy. I slept very sound, but apparently it was very windy. And my next door neighbor has a um, a big uh, trampoline. And I see the trampoline is occupying my whole backyard. Apparently, the wind was so powerful, the entire trampoline blew up. I don't know how it flew over the fence. It's in my backyard. Fine. So I realized it was very windy. So now I'm eating breakfast. I look out the back window. And I look, what? what's in the backyard? What is that? It looks like a major honeycomb. Could it be? And I go outside... And sure enough, there's this huge honeycomb with a bee's nest, a wasp's nest, and I, I, it was beautiful. It was, it's a work of architecture, architectural genius. So I go back and I say, you know what, I want to get up close. So I put on a pair of gloves, and I say, I want to show it to the Kalil Agra de Pirka, because they're not going to believe me that on Tubishvat, the Ibn Shalom sent down from Shamayim, Mamish honey, Mamish Dvash Misela. So here we have it. You saw it here first. Agro de Pirka National, Tubshin Pei Beis. Here it is. This is, I put in plastic because my wife didn't want to have a, it's actually a wasp's honeycomb. So here it is, on Tu B'Shvat, it came down in Ashamayim. So that's a very nice simon. And uh, you know, it's interesting, every year on Shabashira, I can't explain it, we have these two red cardinals, they come and they park themselves in our backyard. Where they come from, how they know it's Shabashira, I don't know. Maybe they know that, you know, you, I don't feed the birds on Shabashira. Mr. Bruce says you can't feed the birds. So you would think, okay, so the birds are not going to visit. No, they visit anyway. Every year Shabashira. Sure enough, this year on Thursday, two days before Shabashira, I'm walking home from Shachris, and one of the red birds is parked on the front lawn. So I told my wife, you know, I think they're, they're back. Said, no, no, it's not Shabashira. I said, come on, it's the middle of the winter. Two days, it's a Ibra yard. Two days off is pretty good. No, not, not, did not accept it. Sure enough, come home Shabbos morning, open up the back window, and you know who's on my back, um, my backyard? There's a woodpecker. So we had a special guest, Lakavit Shabashira, a woodpecker. And then a minute later, both red cardinals made their annual Shabashira appearance on our backyard. Okay, listen, I'm just telling you, Maisa Shahoya, Kachoya, telling you, Lukavad Tubishvat. Okay, here we go. We have an unbelievable um, shear that not only is relevant to uh, the Yomtev of Tubishvat, but also for Parshas Yisroi, Haba Alenu Latoiva. I want to thank my dear friends um, of David Israeli who are sponsoring the Limudim of Choydesh Shvat, Lila Nishmas. Um, Mayor Ben David, Nishmasai Tia Surah Okay, 
So is it possible? Is it possible to enlarge a little bit, please? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. We're just gonna mute everyone. Okay. Okay. So now, um, we know that the yomtiv of Tubishvat is not really discussed too often in uh, classic sources. In fact, it is not mentioned at all in Shas and Poiskim. The what to do on Tubishvat, nowhere, there's no Gemara, there's no Mishnah that says do X, do Y, eat this, eat that. It's not mentioned, not in Talmud Bavli, not in Talmud Yushami, and in the entire Shulchan Aruch, there, it only mentions Tu two times. One time, the uh, Shulchan Aruch says that if you have a series of fast days, Mondays and Thursdays, and it falls down on Tu so do you fast, do you not fast? And the other time is in Simon Kuflam and Aleph, that we don't say Tachnon on Tu No mention is, uh, there's no mention of eating fruits, not eating fruits, there's no mention of Buxer, why somebody would eat Buxer beats me, never understood that, but... Um, and yet the Magen Avram brings down in Simon Kuflam and Aleph, Noyagin Ashkenazim The Minog of Ashkenazim is they eat many types of fruits on Tubishvad, and the Magen Avram quotes an earlier source, the Tikon Yisachar. Why would we eat fruits? Why should we eat fruits? What exactly is Tubishvad? Tubishvad is not a Yomtif. You say Lam Natsach on Tubishvad. seems to be merely a technical day in the calendar because we know a person has to take miser off of his fruits and one has to give miser on an annual basis moreover you can't take off one year onto the other year so we have to be able to define what is the line of demarcation when does year A begin and year B start so that is the famous machloikis between Beishamah and Beisil in the opening Mishnah Rosh Hashanah the Mishnah says in number 3 Be'echad Beshvat Rosh Hashanah le'ilan kedivrei beishamai. On the first day of Shvat is Rosh Hashanah for trees, in accordance with the words of beishamai. Beisel oimrim bechamish asavai. Beisel says on the fifteenth, says Rashi, regarding what is the Rosh Hashanah la'ilanos. By the way, the gra is bothered, and this is one of the most mysterious gras I've ever seen. I have yet to find anyone who is able to explain it. I'm sure some of the Tamil chachamim on the shir today will have a good pshat. But I can't figure it out. The Gros says, you know, Gros bother, why don't you say Tachnon on Tubishvat? Because it's a Rosh Hashanah lo Ilanois? So I'm saying, Rosh Chodesh Elul, you don't say Tachnon because it's Rosh Hashanah Lamasa Behema? Well, what Yomtif element is there of, uh, of the day of Tubishvat? So the Gros says, since the other Rosh Hashanah mentioned in the Mishnah are Yomim Toivim, this is also a Yomtif. Huh? The other Rosh Hashanah mentioned in the Mishnah are not Yomim Toivim. They happen to be, one is Rosh Chodesh Nisan, which you don't say Tachnon anyway. One is, uh, all the Rosh Hashanahs mentioned in the Mishnah have other reasons why you don't say Tachnon, other than the fact that they're a line of demarcation for something. So, the Gura is very difficult to understand what he means, but be it as it may, uh, Tu Bishvat or Echad Bishvat is a seemingly Merely a halachic line of demarcation regarding knowing when the old year ends for mice and the new year begins. Says Rashi, why is this the line of demarcation? Basically, 
we want to, the determining factor when it comes to Chasmaser is Chanata. Chanata means when the, uh, the, the earliest stage of the development of the fruit, which I believe means when the flower falls off, and, uh, a little bit later on, on the Gemara, on, on Daf Yodalid, the, the, the Gemara says, My Taima, Amrabalazam In other words, why is the line of demarcation either Roshchoyda Shvat or Tesvav Bishvat? And uh, the Gemara says, because the majority of the year has fallen. So what? Says Rashi, once the majority of the year has fallen, so the sap begins to rise in the tree, and now the Chanota process begins, which means actually the blossom falls off, which is the earliest stage of development of the fruit. And therefore, last year is over, the new year begins, and if you want to take off Meiser, you take off last year's from last year, and the new year from the new year. Any fruit that had Chanota before Rosh Chodesh or before Tu B'Shvat, according to Beis Hillel, is last year's crop. Whatever fruit had Chanota after Rosh Chodesh or Tu B'Shvat is this year's crop. So that is what Tu B'Shvat is. It does not seem to be a very inspiring day on the calendar. All it is is a halachic line of demarcation regarding Hilchais Maser. By the way, the Adaras in his personal diary writes that the Yomtif of Tu B'Shvat is not real Yomtif, but because we don't live in Eretz Yisrael, and we don't have a chance to be Mekayim Mitzvah Satois Ba'aretz, so Chazal made some kind of Yomtif as a day to stop and remember the Halachos Hatzuyos Ba'aretz and to study Hilchos Raim and Hilchos Masrois, and by doing so, this would uh, is this is Mekayim the Indian of Aseilachot Siyunim to remember to remember what was and um, the halachos that will once again become relevant once we return to Eretz Yisrael. So. Again, number one, what is so significant about Tu Bishvat? But let's analyze some of the uh, words of the Mishnah. The Mishnah says, Be'echad Bishvat, Rosh Hashanah Lo'ilan. First day of Shad Rosh Lo'ilan. Now that's very peculiar. Lo'ilan? For, for the tree, it should say Lo'ilanois. After all, everything else mentioned in the Mishnah is plural. It says, Be'echad Benisan Rosh Hashanah Lemelachim V'largaim uh, everything else in the Mishnah, on Rosh Hashanah, on Daf Beis Amad Aleph, is Lashon Rabim. Why all of a sudden, when it comes to trees, it does it say Elon in singular? That's the first question on hand. That is the question of the Bnei Yisachar. He says, Ah, says the Bnei Yisachar, the famous tradition that we have from the masters of Hasidus, that what do you do on Tu You pray for a beautiful Esrog. That when the time comes, even though we're in Shvat, and we're in the dead of winter, and there could be tornadoes outside, and the last thing on your mind is whether you're going to have a good Esrog or not. No, you need to stop, drop, and pray for a good Esrog. Why? Because now's the day that the sap is rising in the trees. So in your uh, esrog orchard in, in, uh, you know, Pardes Chazoinish or in Italy, wherever you get your esrog from, the sap is starting to rise up in the tree. You want to make sure the tree has Geshmaka sap, so you want to pray to God, Rebbe make gush, good, juicy sap 
rise up in my esog tree that I should have a beautiful esog at the right time. Now, here's my question. Really? That's why the Tana said, Lo Ilan, to be Maramez, that you should daven for a particular fruit, namely for a good esrog. So the Tana changed his language to be Maramez to this little practiced custom of davening for a good tree. I mean, here it is, it's Tubishva. I don't have to worry about Sukkis for, I don't know, another eight, nine months. So all of a sudden, uh, the, the Tana is going to change the Nusach from all the other Lashainos in the Mishnah. L'Rgaim, L'Malachim, L'Mayalas. Ah, L'Ilan, to daven for a good Esraig. I mean, is that really so vital and important on Tubishva to daven for a good Esraig? Is that, uh, let me ask you a question. If somebody didn't daven for a good Esraig on Tubishva, is there something really they're missing in Tubishva? As we mentioned, not mentioned in Shas anything about what to do on Tubishvat. And now you're saying the whole Lashon of the Mishnah of the Bnei Sassar are saying has been switched based on uh, this little minog. So we want to try to explain how the, this tefillah is more than just um, a small uh, practiced custom, but it's more integral to the day of Tubishvat than we could imagine. Rav Tzadik HaKoyen, in the Preet Tzadik, he also is bothered by the Bnei Saskar's question, why the Mishnah says, La Ilan, and not La Ilanois, following the pattern of all the other items mentioned in the Mishnah. And uh, the, the Preet Tzadik, Ritzal says as follows. He says, the Mishnah wants to draw your attention to a particular tree. We know, when other Mishnah was put in Gan Eden, the Riban Hashem said, Mikolei Tzagana Chol Tachelome Eitz, Hadas Mimenu, even though the Torah calls it an eitz, the Gemara calls it a tree. The Gemara Brachas Dafmem says, Ilan she'achal mimenu adam harishain. Says the Rebzalek uh, HaKain, on Tu which is the day, as we mentioned, the majority of the rain of the year has fallen, and the sap begins to rise up in the tree. So now it's an opportunity, as the new crop of fruit begins to develop for the upcoming year, we want HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be Mesakein, or allow us to be Mesakein, the Eitz Hadas, the sin of the Eitz Hadas. So it says, Rosh Hashanah La Ilan. Ilan refers to Ilan She'achal Adam Arishan. Because we know when Adam Arishan ate from the Eitz Hadas, it brought Klala to the world. The very ground was cursed, Aruroha Adama. And all the fruit was cursed, Chazal say, fruit lost its taste does not taste the way it t- tasted in Gan Eden. So therefore, the Tana says, Rosh Hashanah la ilan, for the tree, because it wants to uh, bring our attention, draw our attention to a very specific tree, namely, Eitz ilan she'achal adam So again, that's very interesting. That seems to be um, a compelling remez of why the Tana said ilan and not ilanois. But why is Tu the designated day, to be able to be mespalel, to correct the sin of the Eitz Hadas? I mean, it didn't happen on Tu It happened about four months ago. It happened uh, right before on Rosh Hashanah, actually. So why would Tu be the designated day to rectify the sin of Adam Arishan? So we have two Mahalchem, basically, and why the Tana deviates from its regular Lashan. 
One is the B'nai Yisachar, that it's being Meramez to the custom of davening for a beautiful Esragan to Bishvat. That's why it says Elon, it's referring to the special Elon, the Elon that we do a mitzvah with. And the other reason is the reason of Reb Tzadik that Elon refers to Elon Sha'achal Adam Arishain. But on that approach, we asked, why is Tu Bishvat the day we rectify the sin of Adam Arishain? So, I would like to share with you the amazing approach of one of the all-time great Go'inim, Maharash Engel. Maharash Engel is Reb Shmuel Engel. Reb Shmuel Engel was Nifter in 1935. He was involved in uh, permitting many Agunos to remarry after the First World War. He was Mater more than 200 Agunos. He was a Rav in Dukla and Radumshil. He wrote eight volumes, Shalser Chus Maharash Engel. When uh, he was a young boy, his mother went to the Devei Chaim for a bracha. He said, um, he said, what do you want? You want wealth or you want good, uh, children or Gedolei Yisrael? So the mother opted for Banim Gedolem and that's what she got. Rabbi Yosef Engel testifies about Rabbi Shmuel Engel that at age 14, Rabbi Shmuel Engel knew all the Toysusin and Shas. He was a great Makobel. He learned by Rabbi Halberstam, but he hid that branch of wisdom. Says Rabbi Shmuel Engel, Parshas B'Shalach, another diuk in the Mishnah. This is a very important diuk. When the Mishnah discusses the Machlekes B'Sham and B'Shalel, the Mishnah uses a very unusual phrase. The Mishnah says, Be'echad B'Shvat Rosh Hashanah Lilan K'divrei B'Shanah. On the first day of Shvat, Rosh Hashanah is K'divrei B'Shanah. It doesn't say divrei beishamai like it ordinarily would say. It says kid divrei beishamai, as if this view of beishamai that Rosh Chodesh Leilanah says Aleph Shvat is in accordance with beishamai's worldview and in, in accordance with his general shita. Why doesn't it just say divrei beishamai? What's the kid divrei beishamai? That's the kasha of Maharash Engel. So Maharash Engel offers the following principle. He says that. Whenever something is brought into this world, we never know if it is coming to fruition until a third of it passes. The third way mark is a sort of line of demarcation that we know, okay, this matter is being materialized. It's coming to concretization. For example, the Gemara Nyavamas, the Gemara says in the Zayin, an Uber is nicker after three months. Or the Gemara Rosh Hashanah Daf Yudbeis, when determining whether something grew during Shemitah, we say that if it grew a third before Rosh Hashanah, it's last year's crop. If it grew a third after Rosh Hashanah, it's this year's crop. Or we could add, when is food considered cooked? There's an opinion, Kamacho Ben Drusoy, when it's cooked a third. A third is a certain. Uh, amount that the item has come into being that we could say, yes, this item has materialized. And therefore, we could say, says Marash Engel, based on the following amazing idea that is probably well known to you of, of Rabbi Yitzhak of Ardichov. We know the Gemara says, the, uh, the, the, the Chumash says, in Parshas Amar, regarding the mitzvah of taking the Dalad Minim, you should take on the first day, and the Medrash asks, hey, wait a second, you don't take the Dalad Minim on the first day of, of Tishrei, you take it on the 15th day. 
And the Medrash famously comments, Rishain l'cheshvayin avaynois, that the first day of Sukkot is the first day that God starts counting sin. It's the first opportunity to sin after Yom Kippur. Asks the Kedusha Slevi, what do you mean it's the first opportunity to sin after Yom Kippur? Uh, the moment uh, you say, L'shan ha'babirushalayim, and right before v'huracham, that's the first moment you could sin after Yom Kippur. So the Kedusha Slevi says, Rishain l'cheshvayin avaynois, it's the first time God ca- starts counting sin. Because there are two periods of tshuva in the year. There's the tshuva of Rosh Hashanah, which is called tshuva miyura, and there's the tshuva of Sukkot, which is known as tshuva meyahava. Now, so long as all we're doing is tshuva miyura, we don't want God to count our sin, because even if we do tshuva, the tshuva merely downgrades the sin from meza to shaygeg. But the sin is still extant, it's still around, it still exists, and therefore we prefer that God does not count it. However, we know Sukkis is man simchaseinu. Sukkis is the time that we serve Hashem out of joy, out of love. And if we're serving Hashem out of love, then our tshuva is motivated by ahava. And we know Rish Lakish says, Yuma daf pevav, somebody does tshuva me ahava, zedoinos nasas like kizchuyos, your intentional sins are considered like merit, considered like mitzvah. Therefore, on Sukkis, Hashem starts counting our sin because it's our, to our benefit that Rebbein Shem starts counting our sin, because now our sin will be transformed into mitzvahs. Before Sukkot, we're not up to the Madriga of Avas Hashem yet. So we're not up to the Madriga of Avas so we don't want Hashem to count our sin, because it's going to work to our detriment, because even if we do tshuva, the tshuva will merely downgrade the sin to shaygeg. But come Sukkot, where we're serving Hashem out of simcha, out of ahava, so then it's to our benefit that Rebbein Shem counts our sin, and therefore, the first day of Sukkot, says Rav Levi Yitzchak, is Rishain Lecheshvain Avainais. Comes Maharash Engel, and he says, Davar Oyoim Venoyra. That means there are two kinds of tshuva. Tshuva of Yira, Rosh Hashanah. Tshuva of Ahava, Sukkot. When can we know if our tshuva is successful or not? Because let's think for a moment. What exactly are we doing tshuva for on Rosh Hashanah? Aside from our personal sins, we know that every Rosh Hashanah we need to rectify the greatest sin of all time, the sin that caused the world to plummet into death and into klala, and that is the sin of Adam Arishon. We know Adam Arishon sinned on the very first day of creation. We know that the Medrash gives us an hour-by-hour account of the first day of creation, and on the very first day, Adam was created. And on that first day, Chazal tell us that he uh, ate from the Etadas. So that means every Rosh Hashanah and every Sukkot, it is incumbent upon us to try to rectify the sin of Adam Arishain. On Rosh Hashanah, we do Tshuva Miyira for the sin of Adam Arishain. And on Sukkot, we do Tshuva Me'ahava for the sin of Adam Arishain. Now, if I were to ask you, which kind of tshuva is a better tshuva? Which kind of tshuva is the primary tshuva? Which kind of tshuva is the tshuva that we are hoping for, is our goal? The answer is, it depends. Is tshuva miyira greater, or is tshuva meyahava greater? Well, says Marash Engel, wait a second. It depends whether yira shamayim is greater than avas Hashem. And to that he directs us to the Gemara in Mesechta Shabbos.
The Gemara says on Daf Lamed Aleph, a story. What's the story? The story is that a guy came before Shammai and he said, Rabbi, convert me while I'm standing on one foot. So Shammai took a baseball bat. He took the Amas of Eik. He said, I'm going to clobber you over the head. Get out of here. Get lost. What kind of chutzpah is that? I should tell you the whole Torah is standing on one foot. I'm already spending my whole life learning Torah. I haven't even got into the the end, the lowest madrig of understanding. Torah, you want to know the whole Torah on one foot? Get out of here. And what does Beis Hillel say? Beis Hillel is very patient with him. Beis Hillel says, the Allah sani Don't do someone else to someone else what you wouldn't want someone to do to you. Zui kala parash Go learn the rest. Go figure out the rest. Says Rashi. Rashi says, what was Hillel telling the Ger? Hillel was telling the Ger that the primary principle of the Torah is v'ahavta l'reicha kamaycha. Asks Rashi, what do you mean v'ahavta l'reicha kamaycha is not the whole Torah? V'ahavta l'reicha kamaycha is only uh, a good chunk of the Torah. Does Rashi know? V'ahavta l'reicha kamaycha is the whole Torah. Because who's your best friend? Who's your best friend? The guy who was your friend in, in elementary school? You haven't seen him in 30 years. Who's your best friend? The guy who's, who lives across the street from you? He spends half the year in Florida. He doesn't even know what you're doing half the year. Who is your best friend? The guy down the block? The guy down the block? He's dead already 10 years. What do you mean he's your best friend? A person only has one true good friend in this world. The Rebani Shalim. The Rebani Shalim is your best friend. Re'acha v're'acha avicha al God is your best friend. He's been looking out for you from the day you were born. He always prepares in advance situations for your benefit and even when it seems like something is a challenge, it's really to elevate you and give you bracha. God is your best friend. Therefore, every mitzvah in the Torah is a kimah The same way if you would ask your friend to do something, you would want your friend to do it. So when your friend, God, asks you to do something, you should do it. And what does Beishamai hold? Why doesn't Beishamai hold that? Why didn't Beishamai give the Gera Adrasha? Says Marash Engel, this is the fundamental Machloikis Beishamai in Beis Hillel. What's more important? Ava or Yira? Love or fear? Because we know I have a question for you. The Gemara Yavamas has a Shiloh. Daf Dalin. If you have tzitzis which are linen and you want to put wool strings, do we say say doiche say when it comes to tzitzis? So we know the Gemara in Yavama says that we learn at say doiche say from the juxtaposition of leistilba shatnis gedilim tasilacha. That even though you're not to wear shatnis, but the mitzvah of tzitzis is doiche the yisra of shatnis. Asay doiche loisas. But Marva Rabbi said, you know, Beishamai holds that we don't darshan smuchim. Beishamai holds asay is not doiche loisas. Why is it, Rabbi said? That Beishilal holds Asay is Doichalois Asay. And Beishamai holds Asay is not Doichalois Asay. Comes the Ramban in this week's Parsha, Parsha's Yisrael. And the Ramban says, you know, we have two mitzvahs in the Torah by Shabbos. Zohar and Shomar. Why do we need two mitzvahs? Says the Ramban. I want to show you on the sheet. It's number 11 on the sheet. The Ramban says, Zohar is Ahava. Do the positive commands which emanate from love. Shamar is don't violate the Shabbos that emanates from fear. Now what's greater, love or fear? 
Says Ramban, if Asay is doicha loisa say, that means Ahava is greater than Yira. You know why Asay is doicha loisa say? Because Ahavas Hashem is a greater madrega than Yira, Hashem. So since Ahava is greater than now, you'll say, but what do you mean? If you violate a lav, you get punished. If you violate, if you don't fulfill an Asay, you don't get punished. Doesn't that mean that a lav is greater than an Asay? That fear is greater than love? No, just the opposite, says Ramban. Love is a higher level. So if you violate a love, that means you don't have even the lower level, you get punished. But if you don't fulfill the assay, which is love, so you're not on the higher level of, of fulfillment of an assay. Assay is a much higher level. Ahava is a higher level. That's why if you don't fulfill an assay, you don't get punished. You, what, what could you do? You're not on such a high level. But you're not even on the low level of not violating a love? Ooh, says Maharash Engel. But Beishamai holds Asay is not Doichalois Asay. Why? Because Beishamai holds that Yira is greater than Ahava. And if Yira is greater than Ahava, that means that Asay is not Doichalois Asay, Alois Asay pushes away in Asay. Therefore, when the Ger comes to Hillel and he says, teach me the whole Torah, Hillel says, I'll tell you the whole Torah. All you need to know is, love Hashem. Because Hillel is a man of love. That Rizal says that the Sharish Nisham of Hillel was from Chesed. So Hillel was able to sum up the whole Torah in one line. But Shammai would never say You know why Shammai would never say Because <laughs> he doesn't believe that Ahava is the primary principle of the Torah. So basically Shammai said, get lost. I can't teach you the whole Torah standing on one foot. Your request is a fundamental violation of the principles of Yira and awe and the reverence needed to learn Torah. But Hillel's a man of love. Hillel holds Asay is doicha loisase. Hillel could tell the Ger the whole Torah is Now, Hillel is an Ahava man. Shammai is a Yira man. If we were to ask them, which is the main teshuva of the year? Rosh Hashanah, Tshuva Meira, or Sukkis, Tshuva Me'ava. What do you think they would say? They would say, Lishitasam. Beishamai would say, the main Teshuva is Tshuva Meira, Rosh Hashanah. Beishila would say, the main Tshuva is Tshuva Me'ava, Sukkis. Now, when will it be recognized and realized and when will it come to fruition? Whether we were successful in the tshuva that we did in Chaydesh Tishrei. It will become uh, realized four months later, a third into the year. Therefore, when is Rosh Hashanah Ilan? Meaning, when can we determine whether the tshuva that we did in the month of Tishrei came to materialization, was concretized? The answer is, it's a machloik, it's v'shamah Rosh Hashanah, Ilano, says Beishamai, Be'echad, Be'shvad, Kedivrei Beishamai, says the Mishnah, Be'echad, Be'shvad, Rosh Hashanah, Ilan, Kedivrei Beishamai. Beishamai's view that Rosh Hashanah, Ilan is the first day of Shvat is in concordance with everything Beishamai believes, namely, that the main principle of Avodah Hashem is Yira Shamayim, and therefore the Ikar Tshuva for the Chet of Adam Arishan is... Rosh Hashanah, and therefore we understand Rav Tzadik HaKoyen, that 
the day that it comes to realization and fulfillment, whether we were successful in doing tshuva for the sin of Adam Arishan, is nicker four months later, one-third into the year, on when Rishchayda Shavat this is in accordance with Beishamah's general worldview that Yira is Iker and Ahava is secondary. But not so Beishillah. Beishillah would say the Iker, Teshuva of the year was Sukkis because Hillel is a Sukkis man. I don't know that we have too many uh, statements of what Hillel said on Rosh Hashanah, but Hillel was definitely a Sukkis man. Hillel is the one who said, Ani kan kan. By the way, Ani refers, we learned on last Wednesday, refers to the Ahava of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So Hillel, who is an Ahava man, he's the Shita is He would hold that the Tshuva of Adam Arishon comes to recognition and realization four months later, four months from Sukkis. What's four months from Sukkis? Tu Bishvat. Tu Bishvat is the day that it comes to materialization, whether, in fact, we are massacring the sin of Adam Arishon. Now, fasten your seatbelts. Now we understand why the Tana is focused on Elon, the sin of Adam Arishon. What does Shvat, Tu Bishvat got to do with the sin of Adam Arishon? As we mentioned, because we don't know, we're not clear if something comes to fruition until four months later. Four months after Tishrei Shvat, Beishamai says, Echad Bishvat in the world of Yira. Beishel says, Tu Bishvat in the world of Ava. Next. Let's move on to the Bnei Yisachar, who references that one should um, pray, one should daven for a beautiful Esrogan, Tu Bishvat. That's why it says Elon, and we ask, is, really, is that really so fundamental to the Avoida of Tu Bishvat, to daven for a nice Esrogan? If Tu B'Shvat is the day that we have to give an accounting of whether we're being successful in rectifying the sin of Adam Arishan, we know there's one principle that we have regarding judgment days. And that is whenever we're being judged, we always want to serve Hashem with the item that we're being judged as a, ma- as a manner of appeasing Hashem in that item that Hashem should give us a good good din regarding that item. For example, the Gemara Rosh Hashanah says, why do we bring the Oimer on Pesach? The Gemara says, look at number 19, because on Pesach we're judged for grain, so therefore we serve Hashem with grain, so Hashem should bless our grain on Pesach. And why do we bring the Shteh HaLechem on Shavuos? Because since we're judged on fruits, so we serve Hashem with fruits on Shavuos. And why do we serve Hashem with water on Sukkot? You ever wonder? The rest of the year we're pouring wine on the Mizbeach. Why do we pour water on Sukkot? Because since we're being judged on water, we want to serve Hashem with water as a way of appeasing Hashem that the Yavon Shem should grant us a good year of water. So perhaps then we could suggest, what is the judgment of Tu B'Shvat? Tu B'Shvat is we're being, it's being determined whether we were successful in rectifying the sin of Adam Arishan. What was the sin of Adam Arishan? Elon Sha'achal Adam Arishan. What was the tree that Adam Arishan ate from? Well, the, the Medrash brings an opinion. Look at number 18. Esroig Haya! It's an Esroig! Because it says, The tree was good. 
what fruit, what tree is not only the fruit good, but the tree is good, the esroig. So that means if the Eitz Hadas was an esroig, and on Tu Bishvat, it's being determined whether we're being successful in rectifying the sin that was done with the esroig, and we already know that the tactic we always like to use is when whenever we're being judged on something, we try to serve Hashem with that item. So how could we serve Hashem with an esroig on Tu Bishvat? You're not going to shake Dalet Minim. There's no mitzvah of Dalet Minim on Tu Bishvat. This is the Oymek HaKavana of what the Bnei Yisrael writes. By the way, the Ben Eshchai composed a special tefillah to say to Davin for a beautiful esrog. If anybody wants, uh, we could send it to you. It's in our Sefer on Tu Bishvat, The Light and the Splendor. Or if you're on the email list, I believe we sent it out. Um, why did the Ben Eshchai, why did the Bnei Yisrael recommend that you could that you should down for a beautiful esrog on Tubashah. The answer is because since on this day it's being determined whether we're successful, whether the tshuva that we did for the sin of Adam Arishain was accepted or not, so oh, uh, the tactic that we employ to try to appease Hashem regarding this item is by serving Hashem with that item. We How can we serve Hashem with the esrog on Tubashah? The answer is by being mispala, that the Yubayim Hashem should be mazmin to us. A beautiful esroig, that is the manner with which we appease Hashem for the Eitz Hadas on the day that it comes to fruition, whether we were successful in rectifying the sin of the Eitz Hadas. Now that we're in the Garden of Eden, one last item to bring you into the next man of the year. So Chava's walking in the garden and the snake says, Hey Chava, what's going on? Chava says, Good. So the Nachash says, uh, you know, well, what's that tree in the middle? Chava says, no, God said, if we eat it, we're going to die. We're going to die. The snake says, you won't die, surely, you won't die, surely die. And what does Chava do? She eats the snake. She eats the, the fruit. I have a question. You come into the house and there's a fruit on the counter. There's a scientist in the house. He says, I just did a study on this apple and I've determined it's gonna, it's poisonous. You eat it, you die in three seconds. I put into, I took it to my lab and there's, there's arsenic in the apple. A few minutes later, a, uh, the plumber walks in. The plumber says, why, why, how come you're not eating the apple? Said, um, the scientist told me that there's poison. The eh, plumber says, what does he know about biology? Eh, it doesn't look like there's any uh, poison to me. Would anybody in their right mind eat the apple? I mean, even if it's 50-50, I mean, forget about the fact the scientist told you there's poison and the plumber told you it's not poison. So who are you going to listen to? But even if it's 50, even if you have a 1% chashash, you're not going to put your life in jeopardy. God told Chava, you're going to die. The snake told her she's not going to die. I mean, she, at least let it be 50-50. So Sheva Al-Tasa, why is she listening to the snake? Asks Rabbi Yonis and Ibishitz. Says Rabbi Yonis and Ibishitz, another diak. God told Adam and Chava, You're going to die? Surely die. Two times. Chava tells the Nachash, We can't eat it. God said the day we eat it, we're going to die one time. The snake says, no, you're not going to die twice. 
What did God mean when he said you're going to die twice? Why did Chava say, no, we're only going to die once? Why did the snake say, no, you're not going to die twice? Says the, um, the Rebbe of Yanis, Rabbi Yanis and Ibishit. Chava and Adam and Chava thought that the reason why they can't eat from the trees, this is the Eitz Hadas. Now, they already had a lot of Das. Because if Moshe Rabbeinu had 49 levels of uh, Das, like the Gemara says in Rosh Hashanah then so did they. If Moshe Rabbeinu had 49 levels of Das, then certainly Adam and Chava, the Yitzir Kapo of Shalakadosh Baruch Hu, they also had 49 levels of Das. You know why Moshe and Adam did not have the 50th level of Das? The 50th level of Das is seeing Hashem. V'lo Yerani Adam v'chaim. That level of clarity is not within the human being's capabilities to have... The human being does not have the faculties to exist seeing HaKadosh Baruch Hu, knowing Hashem on the 50th level. Adam thought that when God said, don't eat from the tree, what kind of tree is this? This is the tree of Das. This is the 50th level of Das. Adam figured it's not a punishment if we eat from the tree that we're going to die. It's a natural consequence because lo yirani ha'adam v'chai. But Adam Arishan said, it's worth it. It's worth it. I'll look at the tree. I'll understand the 50th level of wisdom. Thereby I'll be elevated to the highest levels of Ruchnias. My soul will leave my body and then I'll go to Oyel Mabon. I'll continue to bask in... Adam Arishan said, if that's a natural consequence, then that's worth it. My whole life is to come to a clear recognition of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But he made a mistake because God didn't say you're going to die naturally, as a natural consequence, by eating from the Eitz God said you're going to die twice. Once in this world, as a natural consequence, and you'll lose your share in the world to come. But the Nachash tells Chavah, nah, you're not going to die twice, don't worry. You're just gonna, your, your soul will leave the body because it's the 50th level of wisdom. But you're not going to die in Olam Haba. That is why Chavah... And Adam, they misinterpreted what God said. They thought they would only die once in this world. And the Nachash confirmed it. Loi Marv Rabbi said, you know who else tried to use this trick? Of tapping into this source of Misa? The very embodiment of the Nachash. Haman. Haman, the Shalak Kadosh tells us, many Sarmite was the very embodiment of the Nachash. Haman wanted to kill the Jewish people, but how's he going to kill them? They were tzaddikim. Similar, Rav Yenis says, when the Arizal was Masbid, Rav Moshe Cordovero, he gave the following Hespid. He said, the Pasuk says, Kiyah be'ish chait mishpat maves v'humas v'salisa oisai aletz. He interpreted it as following. Literally it means, if a person will have a capital of friends, v'humas, and you hang him on a tree, don't leave him hanging overnight. However, the Arizal interpreted, The word chet could mean missing. Like, If a man will be missing, A reason to die! And he dies anyway! Sometimes you see a tzaddik. They didn't do any avera. So why'd they die? 
So the Pasuk says, If a man will be missing a reason to die, and he'll still die, Blame it on the sin of Adam HaRishan who ate from the Eitz Hadas. Sometimes a person will not have any sin other than the fact that he is a descendant of Adam HaRishan. So Haman realized that the Jews had not committed any sin that they would be worthy of destruction. So he needed to tap into that primordial sin, the sin of Achila, to drum up the Eitz Hadas. Again, what was the Eitz Hadas? The Eitz Hadas was the Sharnun. Says Oda, says Haman, Yasuetz Gavoy Ah Chamishim Amo. Why 50 Amois? He wanted to mimic the technique of the Nachash who tried to kill Adam with the Sharnun of Das. How did he? Through Achila. So Haman seduces Kaliso to eat at the Suda. That would be reminiscent of the Achila of the Eitz Hadas, which is the Sharnun. That was the union of the Eitz Gavoya Chamishim Ama. That is why the Gemara Chulan asks, Haman Menatoyra Minayin Hamin Ha'etz. What does that mean, Hamin Ha'etz? Just because the letters Heimem Nun appear by the Eitz Hadas, that's a remez to Haman? Where does Haman have to do with the Eitz Hadas? The answer is, Haman Menatoyra Minayin. Where did Haman... Where from where did, was he Yoinik? What was his source that he would be able to kill the Jewish people? Chasvasham al yidei achila. The answer is he was trying to mimic the eight sadas yasu eitz gavoya chamishim ama. Therefore, on Purim sudas Purim is a tikkun for being nana from the suda vachzerush and a tikkun for the chait of the eight sadas. On Purim is a tikkun for the chait of the eight sadas. Haman tried to stir up the sin of the Eitz Hadas, and we have to be misakin that on Purim. Really? So if Purim is the day, we have to be misakin the chid of the Eitz Hadas. And we know the spiritual influence of a Yom Tov begins 30 days before. So on what day of the year do we start to try to rectify Peirois? Do we start to try to rectify the Esroig? Do we start to try to focus on Elon, Sha'achal, Adam, Arishain? Says in Reinayim of Jacob, the same way, 30 days before every Yomtif, the spiritual effects of the Yomtif begin to stick out, begin to stretch out its embrace, 30 days before the Yomtif of Purim, which is the day that we rectify the sin of Adam, that Haman tried to be Ma'orer. We start that on on Tu Bishvat, which is Shloishim Yoim Kaidem Hachag. And I guess this year we have uh, we have we have two Adars. So this process we have an extra thirty days to uh, to do a good a real good job rectifying the sin of Adam Arishain. So here it is on this great day of Tu Bishvat that again we mention all we find in Shulchan Aruch is that we don't say Tachnon or we don't fast on Tu B'Shvat. Nevertheless, the Magin Avram brings that Minagah Ashkenazim is Laharbois Beperois. And from a few insinuations of the Mishnah, it says Rosh Hashanah La Ilan, which reminds us of the sin of Adam Arishan, which reminds us to be Mesfalel for an Esroig Noah. Kidivrei Beishamah. Beishamai, who's a man of Yira, he's going to say the Iker Tshuva is four months later. Echad Beishvat, says Marash Engel. 
But Beis Hillel, who's a man of Ava, who was Asei Doicha Loisase, who told the Ger, he's a man of Ava. So for Hillel, the Iker Tshuva is Sukkis, which comes to realization four months later on Tu Bishvat. And then we begin the process that we hope to complete on Purim. On Purim, we destroy the Kayachatumah completely. We destroy Haman. We destroy the Nachash in preparation for Benisan Nivra Ha'olam, Benisan Nigal Yisami Mitzrayim, Uvenisan Asidon Ligal. Says the Kloisenberger Rebbe that according to the opinion that the world was created in Nisan, Rabbi Yeshua holds the Geula will happen in Nisan. If the Geula will happen in Nisan, that means the six day process begins Chavhe Adar. And 40 days before is the day that it rises up in the mind of Hashem to redeem the Jewish people. 40 days before Chavhe Adar is Tu Bishvat. On this day, as the Saraf is Oila Be'ilan, it's also Oila B'machshavta Yishal HaKadosh Baruch Hu, according to Shittas Rabbi Yeshua, Ligal Es Yisrael. May we talk about to that Geula Mheri Amenu Amen. Thanks everyone for joining. If anybody wants to join on this uh, same Zoom, f- Zoom 5 p.m. today, Archas Chaim of the Rush, cordially invited. Have a good day. Afrei Lechem. Kol Tov. Kol Tov everyone. Bye bye.